Welcome back to the Global Gamers Podcast. Yeah, here we go again. This week we'll be going under the sea. Very far under the sea. Into the depths to review oceans. Yes, looking forward to this one. And, you know, I have to say this game kind of, it doesn't abide by the rules of the classic film Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> the, we've got three rules from that movie, if I remember correctly, and I believe they were. Don't hurt anybody. Don't steal from anybody who doesn't deserve it. And play the game like you've got nothing to lose. And I That feel is like, the opposite of this game. Well, I think the last one works, but the first two, I don't think we can apply them. No, to this, this game. game is all about hurt everybody it's real all the mean. time. It's a real mean game. Yes. So for those who don't know, Oceans is um, a game in... It's not exactly in the evolution game series, but it's very much of that world. It's not, it's a completely standalone game in that universe. In that cinematic universe, maybe. Yes. Um, And it follows the same basic principles of, you know, having species and needing to feed them and scoring points off of maintaining and feeding your species and not letting them die off or sometimes strategically letting them die off. Yeah. Um, it has a complexity rating of a 2.88. Yeah. Plays two to four players, 60 to 90 minutes. It was designed by Nick Bentley, Dominic Krapuchets, Ben Goldman, Brian O'Neill, and is published by North Star Games with artwork by Guillaume Ducos and Catherine, Catherine Hamilton. Um, and, I mean, that's a lot of names for what I think is a relatively straightforward game but i will say i would give a little bit of an extra shout out to the artists in this game yeah the artwork's really cool yeah um for those of you who played evolution any game in the evolution series you'll know it it's this very vibrant watercolor painting kind of look to it it's very nice very elegant um a little bit abstract but very i don't know just warm and fuzzy very tropical yeah i mean so basically you are playing out and living out the Cambrian explosion. Mm. And so you are creating different maritime species and trying to get them to feed. And then the little fish tokens that you are, you know, are stand-ins for their food are then gradually accumulated to your hand as points. They do a really good job of, of integrating the theme with the gameplay. So, like, as you said, this game kind of centers around the Cambrian explosion, yes. which thematically was kind of like this point in prehistory where um, it was kind of like the turning point of the explosion of the number of different life forms in the seas. So, yeah. like, life on Earth is very much kind of divided into before and after the Cambrian explosion for the right. most part, um, especially aquatic life. And that's very much how this game is structured as well. So, Basically, as you clear out um, the first ocean region of the board, it's divided into like these four regions, three ocean regions and a reef. Yes. And you kind of move the fish storage supply back and forth strategically between them. Yes. And once you clear out the first one, it triggers the Cambrian explosion. And what that allows is it lets you like speed up the pace of the game. So like your fish are eating more. They can develop traits faster. So that like kind of pays tribute to how evolution and like species became more sophisticated post Cambrian right. explosion. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's basically it for the theme. And then basically once the ocean zones run out of fish, that triggers the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then whoever has not the most fish on their board at the end, but the most fish that they've cashed, ma- managed to <laughs> digested cash. from feeding and aging. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is the winner. Yeah. So there's no real like rounds in the gameplay, but um, each yeah, turn is pretty turns. streamlined. You want to guess a little bit overview of what a turn looks like? Yeah, sure. So basically on your turn, you're going to go through a process of doing four things. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to play cards. And before the Cambrian explosion is triggered, you're going to play one card per turn. After it, you're going to play two per turn. And you've got, within playing cards, you've got a couple different options. You can either lay down a card in your tableau. That's called evolving. Called evolving. And that is either starting a new species and adding a little like fish token counter sheet next to it to keep track of how much food it has. Yeah, I think they call it your species board. Species board. And then, so that's one option. Another option is to play an additional card on one of your existing species. And so, you know, you've got different types of fish or different kinds of aquatic life that... Traits. That, yes, that... and. Yes, traits that are based on different forms of aquatic life. So you've got, for instance, an apex predator that eats, attacks other fish to get its food. You've got filter feeder that is like siphoning plankton out of the reef. Which yeah. I'm not, mm, I don't know how much plankton there are in <laughs> reefs, but, reefs, but it works. Yeah. Um, then you've got like bottom feeders that are like capitalizing on the violence of other apex predators. You've got parasitic fish that are leaching food off of others and then you've got different cards that are augmenting the offensive and defensive capabilities of each species or letting them draw food in different ways yeah what i really like about it is like it's very easy to think as you first look at it that like the cards themselves are the species or the creature they're not because even though like a certain kind yes. of fish or something and will be depicted on the card artwork it's more about it's just the a trait. trait so like yes your species and it's in the little player aids they give you you can like come up with a full like biological name for it based on its different traits so like you can have an apex predator that is also a parasite that is also also has like a hard shell. Yeah. You know, like you're just yeah. combining all these cool different traits to create your own yeah. aquatic animal, which is yeah. fun. Yeah. I um, mean, it's a, it's a little bit like I'm, I'm imagining elementary school where I would like draw pictures of like mythical creatures of my own creation and just like, Oh, I'm going to take like the claws from a, a tiger and like, it has wings. The, yeah. <laughs> it has wings of a, like a horn, like, you know, uh, like, winged pegasus or something yes but at the same time like it's not totally unwieldy because they try to keep it somewhat realistic where like correct some of the obviously like um like plankton eating traits the foraging traits are incompatible with um like the apex predator yes they kind of try to balance it that way right now before we we get too in the weeds of the different cards i do just want to like return to the the other the, thing you can do. Well, just like, yeah, like the sequencing of turns. So just to recap, first part of your turn, you're playing cards. 
you have six cards in your hand that you can choose from. That's your max hand count. Mm -hmm. And pre-Cambrian Explosion, you're playing one card per turn. You can put traits on the board, as we've already discussed. Your second option is every card has a migration number in the bottom corner. Yes. And this number lets you discard that card and then move that number of fish from one of the ocean zones to the reef or from the reef to one of the ocean zones. Yeah. And so you're on your turn, you're basically balancing between adding new species, making your existing species stronger or more adaptable, or moving the food around in a way that's going to be advantageous to the species that you have on the board already. Yeah. And a really good example of that is a lot of, um, like the filter feeders can only feed by foraging, which means they can only get food from the reef. So right. if the reef is running low on food or has no food left, you might think it's actually more worth it to yeah. migrate some fish into the reef than add yeah. a new trait to a species yeah. because you don't want the fish right. to starve, which takes us into the next part of a turn. Yes. So you've played your cards or round one, your card, singular. Um, second part of your turn is feeding. And then, as Ed said, you are picking one of the species on your board and you are having them acquire food. And so the cards have instructions like a, a numeral on them that will indicate to you how much food they're going to get. For instance, your basic filter feeder is going to take five food. And like Ed said, you're only able to take food from the reef. If you're foraging. If you're foraging with the filter feeder. And that's the only way the filter feeder can get food. Yeah. And there are other, there are other traits that do that as well. It's just they will all be marked by like a green circle with a number in it. Right. And so the basic idea is you've got ones like that. You've got apex predators that are attacking other fish to get their food. Um, you know, you've got parasitic ones that are leaching food from others, but you're, so some of those can take a food or two before it's turned with those special abilities. But then the core of the feeding is just you picking one of your species to feed per turn. Yep. And so you kind of, you're balancing a couple things in that consideration. You're like balancing what, where the fish are in the reef versus the ocean zones. You're looking at what food other players have on their, their, you know, player mats for their species. And you're gauging what is going to, you know, get you the most fish to keep your species alive. Yeah. And the third part of your turn, aging, do you want to get into that a bit? I feel like I've been talking about Sure. That. So aging is really important because aging is how you get points. Yes. So basically what aging is, is that before the Cambrian explosion, you will remove one population so one of the little fish tokens from each of your species that has one on it and you will cash those as points after the cambrian explosion or with the benefit of you know special trait cards you will cash more than one um two after the cambrian explosion and then you know cards can give you more and you want to age as much as possible because again that's how you get points and once they're cashed there's really pretty much no way to lose those points but at the same time, you have to balance it because if you have a species that cannot age when the time comes on your turn to age, it will die. 
And so you will lose that whole species and all the traits that were on it. And you'll have to kind of start from scratch. You're so discarding is, those cards. Yeah, this yeah. is like the central tension of this game is sometimes figuring out when it's more valuable to um, age and cash those points and maybe let your species die or try to like leave it alive for a little bit longer. It Yeah, that's just like, that's where the central tension of this game comes in. It's really interesting and causes you to make some tough decisions um, and also make some mean decisions in terms of um, how you might attack other people or mooch off of other people to mess them up so that they can't age and then they, lo- they lose their species. Yeah. Um, and then once you're done with that, the final phase of a turn is pretty simple. You can discard cards from your hand that you don't think you'll want. Um, if you don't think those traits will be beneficial to the kind of, you know, strategy you're building up at the time. And then you can draw cards back from the um, surface deck, which is the main deck of cards, or you can get um, a card from one of two that's available from the um, deep deck. And the deep deck is really interesting because unlike the surface deck, which has a lot of repeat cards that are, you know, the common traits will show up time and again, like the apex predator, all yeah, of that. These are the basic building yeah, blocks. The yeah. deep deck is really interesting because every single card in the deep deck, which is basically just as big, is unique. Um, yeah. So the artwork on them is really cool. It kind of um, goes into like mythology a little bit. So there's like a Kraken, a Hydra, that kind of stuff. And then a lot of them as well will be familiar traits that you saw in the surface deck, but they're kind of more powerful. So if there's yeah. like a defensive trait in the surface deck that would give you four defense the version of that in the deep deck will give you six defense things like that or like the last game that we played um you know there's a basic parasite card that will either let you take food from the left or the right of the species that it's on i got a version of that from the deep deck that let me choose which side the species on either side that i wanted to take the food from so it like is a little bit of a power-up they're very cool and i think um just to give another like point of comparison to the mainline evolution games that is one thing that i really like about this game is the deep deck adds um a bit more of like fun and -hmm. it's not it's not like gimmicky it's just like an added level of strategy and some really cool presentation to it yeah yeah um the other thing i'll say is there is a trade-off because these deep deck cards are more powerful. You do have a trade-off when you pay them, yes. play them. And that is you have to pay a cost in your cached fish. So you're basically foregoing points in the short term and hoping to make it up long term with the cards, more powerful abilities. Yeah. So usually I think they're like between one and five points. Yeah. And it's in the bottom corner where the migration number would be on the surface deck cards. So yeah, it's kind of like a long-term investment. So that might mean that when you do play a card from the deep deck onto one of your species, you may want to be a little bit extra mindful and work a little bit extra hard to make sure it doesn't die off because you paid to have that card. Yes. And so you want to make the most of it as much as possible. Yeah. You also want to be a little bit careful because you can draw a deep card every time. But if I'm remembering right, you may not discard those ones. That's right. So... They take up space in your hand. They take up space in your hand. They limit your flexibility and adaptability with the other cards in your hand. So 
if you have two or three of those, you suddenly only have two or three surface deck cards that you can play. Yep. Um, and realistically, I wouldn't expect to play more than maybe two or three deep cards yeah. in the whole game. And that's a really yeah. interesting decision because, as we mentioned, the deep deck is pretty much the same size as the surface deck. It's pretty big. But that means that, like, if you even see 10 deep cards in a game, that's a lot. Well, so, it's like, going to depend some on player count. Yeah, yeah, but still. Like, maybe, like, you'll see five per player kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, But what that means is, like, so you don't see a lot of that deck in a game, but it's really good for replay value then because, like, you'll get a different selection of deep card power-ups every time, so you won't have the same strategy every time. Right. Um, Because on the flip side, the surface deck is pretty repetitive in terms of what's available. There are lots of copies of the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so we gave a basic rundown on turn turn sequence, mm-hmm. like playing cards, feeding your species, aging them to cash fish into your scoring pile, and then replenishing your hand. replenishing your hand. And then there aren't really rounds in this game, so to speak, nope. except for one. But yeah, you're just going back and forth turns like this. And then, you know, when the first ocean zone is cleared of fish cambrian explosion cambrian explosion is triggered and suddenly you are able to play two cards per round and when you're aging you're aging two fish per species instead of one yes and then when the final ocean zone is empty the game end is triggered right. so that's basically how it goes i'd say on average i think the box um time of 60 to 90 minutes is accurate yeah. Um, maybe once you get used to the game, the 60 minutes, especially with two players, is closer to what it could be. I think this is like, it's not a super light game, but I think that 2.88 complexity is pretty appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So, with that in mind, you want to get into tips and strategy? Yeah, definitely. All so, right. I think what I would say is, especially, so tips for first-time players to the game, you know, there is... I think you can fall into the trap of thinking about this as an engine-building game. Yes. And you are, to some extent, powering up your existing species, but you don't ever want to put all of your eggs in one basket and just have, like, one really powerful one. One, because... Even if his species is really good, it's probably only giving you a point or two per round. And secondly, because, you know, sometimes things get out of your control, like, and you can't always, it gets out of your hands sometimes, whether you can feed a species. And if you invest everything in one and then it dies off, if your opponent is more like, diverse diversified then they're gonna have an edge probably yeah i agree with that and also like if you have one very powerful species it kind of loses its power with time because your opponent is going to respond accordingly so um the game we just played i had this like mega predator species it was like boosted by um a card from the deep deck that multiplied my attack strength by two on my predators. Right. So I attacked you and took like six food from you 
every round for like two rounds, which was a lot of food. And so that was really good. But you then responded by playing a trait that blocked me from attacking it completely as long as there was fish in the reef. And you just kept replenishing the fish supply in the reef. So suddenly that became, of my three species I had, it became my least, um, you know, productive species in terms of generating food. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very dynamic game in that way. Yeah. And even if you're, and in that case, you were, you know, taking six fish per turn, but like, you know, you, you couldn't score all those points. Like you were only scoring two per turn of those. And so if I let you do it indefinitely, it would have hurt a lot, but it was recoverable because it was just for a couple turns. Exactly. And that's how this game is. Like, yeah. Every couple turns, the dynamic is going to change completely because a lot of the traits are responding to what is on their immediate left or right, mm-hmm. which changes the more species arrive and leave from the table. And then also with the aging process, some species are going to die out completely, which fundamentally like changes the whole dynamic of the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. That, like That's a really good first-time player tip. And just in terms of scoring points um strategy wise i would say if you have the choice between having like one really built up species and like two or three that are just okay i would take the two or three because probably you're scoring one or two points for each species per turn so it's getting you more points and also like as you keep replenishing your hand every turn you may be able to find new traits that will turn that mediocre um, setup into something pretty good very quickly. Right. Because you do have the option, you know, and I think this is, you know, another tip that comes to mind. The first time I played this, I kind of thought, oh, I put a trait down that's set in stone. But you do have the option of discarding a trait card so you can put something else in its place. Yes. And sometimes you might want to do that because as a standard rule, each species can only have um, three traits on it. So, you know, something that may have been useful early on may suddenly not be contributing to the subsequent two traits you put on. You switch that one out. Yeah. It's a very dynamic, like, yeah, push and pull kind of game. Right. And like, so that can be very advantageous. But like, I would say you still want to do that selectively because you are then foregoing the opportunity to play a card on either a new species or to upgrade one of your existing one that maybe doesn't have its full three cards yet. Yes. Um, so do you want to get into best thing and worst thing about this game? Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Um, did you didn't have anything else to say in terms of like gameplay tips or anything? No, that's okay. basically it. Just, yeah. Yeah, in, in some, this is not a game to get emotionally attached to. You know, it's not yeah. like um, when you're playing Wingspan or Everdell or something and you get really proud of your whole yes. tableau you built up. This is not that because this will constantly have extinction and disaster yes. striking you. This so, one's got yeah. a more Darwinian edge to it. Yeah, you want to have some emotional distance. Yes, that's uh that is wise. Yeah, that's that's my final word on strategies and advice for first time players. Yeah. So best thing about this game I think is 
just the you mentioned the central tension of the way your scoring is also bringing each of your little mini engines closer to to doom yeah (laughs) and i think that central tension is just such a such a crunchy game mechanic in this game and i really really like it yeah i can't think are there any like other games you could think of where you're actively scared of getting points (laughs) um (laughs) not that come to mind i would have to do some some uh some thinking to come up with one but nothing comes to mind off the top of my head but i think what i would say is that central tension is fun another and a corollary of that is that sometimes you feel like you are painted in the into a corner and then you're able to like finagle it a certain way by like maybe using a parasite card to leech food off of something that will give you just enough that you're able to stay alive stay alive and those turns where you just eke it out and especially if you can eke it out by aging out the food and leaving nothing for someone to attack you with is just very satisfying yeah it rewards running a tight engine it does yeah um i agree with that completely um to go in a different direction my favorite thing about this game is again the deep deck um again it is really beautiful really unique it has this kind of dark mysterious vibe to it and the cards are so diverse and powerful that it it guarantees that every game of oceans will be different um and the strategies will vary and also and this is in the rule book as well and i appreciate it is that they acknowledge that for some players some of the very aggressive cards may not be to your liking and so they encourage you if you want to go through um you know you could do it with a surface deck as well and like take out the predators but particularly with the deep deck to go through and like if there are cards that you don't like you can remove them completely and just not have them in circulation and you still have more than enough in circulation to choose from so it's really customizable and i have played um evolution climate which is more in that mainline evolution series and in that game like the the like little gimmick is kind of like the climate element in terms of you know Mm -hmm. hot and cold affects how -hmm. much your species kind of take a hit and how and some of the traits are tied to how resilient they are in the face of those things yeah i much prefer the deep deck because it's not designed purely to be another thing to worry about and like panic about um which just makes oceans in my opinion a a way more fun experience for everyone Hmm. and also just to compare it to evolution again and this is a positive for oceans in evolution climate at least if your species like runs out of food they die instantly um whereas in oceans they will only die if you are unable to age them during your aging phase so you have time to like recover it so that creates like a more forgiving experience and less frustrating and i think for me evolution kind of went a little bit too much into being punishing and frustrating player count on that what do you mean in evolution what's the player count is it also two to four yeah because like that's 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 very unforgiving then because 
it just gotta, means that you are starting you from make scratch. It, you got to make often. it through three people's turns to keep your species alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the traits are different though. Okay. Um, but for me, it just oceans to me felt like a way more balanced, fair version of the game. And I think, given that oceans came out after um, evolution and even evolution climate, I think that might have been a wise decision based on some of the feedback. And I, mean, I think that's yeah. been a general consensus in yes, terms of sure. how this has been received relative to the other two. At, at the very least, they were looking to have this game give a different player experience than the others. Yeah, which is yeah. wise, because why do yeah. the same thing over exactly. and over again, you know? Exactly. Um, that wouldn't be in keeping with the name Evolution at all. No, at all. <laughs> <laughs> that would lead to uh, extinction. It would. Yeah. It certainly would. Um, so what is one thing that you do not like about this game? Well... I think one thing I would say about this game is I wish there was a... I know you can mix and match them. Yeah. I wish there was a little more variety in the Surface deck. That is 100% what I was about to say. Um, And I think there are a couple ways that that could have been done. You see a little bit of this because certain things are different for cards of the same type in for, small ways yeah because like for instance you could have filter feeder cards that have different migration numbers on them. yes but like it would be kind all of, the cards can have different migration numbers yeah exactly but i guess i w- i wish there was at the very least a little bit more customizing in that where like maybe you have a filter feeder that feeds five versus one that feeds three versus one that feeds you know, yeah, d- varying the those closest amounts. thing to that that I observed was with the um, the parasites. Some feed on the species to its left, while some feed on the one to the right. Yeah. Which, again, that's not a big difference. Right, and there's there's a little bit to that. But, I mean, oh, at the baseline, I would have liked to see the variety I just mentioned. And, like, honestly, it would have been nice to get maybe a few more card types in there yes like maybe 20 to 24 i think there's well i don't know how many are there in the base game 12 12 yeah like maybe 16 to 20 well this might be a good time to just briefly mention that um an expansion is coming out for this game sometime soon uh i believe it's called oceans legends of the deep yeah um so that might be one of the things that they plan on, on including although i know that the main um, gimmick, the main draw, draw there is they're right. really going above and beyond in diving into like aquatic mythology. So there's like this big ocean dragon on the cover of the box. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's not really what I want out of this game because this game kind of feels a little bit more like a nature game to me, even though the deep deck is a little bit fantastical but yeah like having a cra- I don't want to be like too much. having a one-off kraken card or hydra card is kind of fun but like i'm not sure i want that to be the the overwhelming majority of the experience yeah i yeah. feel like yeah um but, but each their at own. the very least like hopefully maybe it'll bring in a couple new surface card traits to shake it up a little bit pre-cambrian explosion yeah cool um the other so that was going to be my negative against this game yeah, as well sorry. the other one i have is really small and has nothing to do with the game itself um but that just goes to show that i do like this game um 
the box. This okay. is the only box I've ever seen for a game where the sides of the box don't just have like the name of the game. They're covered in like ugly info text uh, because the back of the box has really cool artwork from the deep deck. It has the Kraken on it. Yeah. Um, which is cool because like one side of the box is the surface, one is the deep. But it does mean that like if you're looking to like add this game to your game shelf and make it look nice in a lineup, uh, you're a little bit out of luck. Yeah, because there's I literally think, you're right, there's literally text on all on four all sides. Four, I think yeah. there is a different so there are different versions of Oceans or standard edition, yeah, um, Kickstarter edition, limited edition. It's kind of unwieldy. Um, I think there is an edition. I don't know which one it is that has the name printed on one side of the box. So, nice. you know, if you're like me and you are obsessive about those kinds of things, make sure that's the one you're going to get before you buy it, because <laughs> otherwise it'll yeah. drive you nuts staring at it. But I'm yeah. not going to spend too much time um, going on about that. Yeah, that's fair. So do we want to get into... Who do you recommend this game for and who do you not recommend it for? We haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I kind I kinda you're right, we haven't done I know, that in a while. but I thought about it. I think it, I have more to say about it for this game than maybe some of the others we've done recently. Yes. Because I think this one maybe has a little bit less of a universal appeal. Yes, I would agree with that. So here's what I would say as far as who this game is for. I would say if you are someone who enjoys like engine building type things like wingspan, but like you are itching for a little bit more player interaction and something with a little bit more of an edge that's going to sometimes let you screw over other players, but also just like try to outwit each other. This game has more of that. Yeah. And also the game itself fights back. Yes. With the aging process. Yes. So I think that's what I would say as far as who this game is for. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. So I guess I'll just cover the flip side is, cool. for, again, if you want to compare this as, you know, relative to people who like games like Wingspan or Cascadia, Earth, and, you know, you're super into nature games and you look at this and think based on how it looks with the beautiful artwork and the pastel colors and all of that, that it would fit right into that collection. Oh no. I would take a second look because yeah. this is a mean game. It is it not is. as bad as the mainline evolution games, but this is a very mean game so much so that, you know, last week we talked about unmatched a game yeah. in which the entire point of the game is to chase each other until one of you is dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> Even with that in mind, I think Oceans is a meaner game. Than Unmatched. Because, yeah, because yeah. I think, like, you get a little bit more invested and, like, emotionally hmm. tied to the species you're building because you're building them up and customizing them from Perhaps. scratch. And in some cases, like, paying for the deep cards. And so when you lose it, it hurts more than just losing health on a health dial that you're expecting to lose anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would just... If you like peaceful nature experiences... Maybe not. Or or you could do the thing where you can take out the um predatory cards from the deck. Yeah, which... but like but can you 
I feel like that would be unbalanced. The game has some tips about how to do it. Okay. Um, okay. Particularly with the deep deck. Maybe the surface deck might be a little bit difficult to do. Sure. But, you know, it, it's possible, You would just I be guess. migrating fish a lot more, probably. Yeah, and maybe relying on parasites, which even then are kind of mean. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe then this game is not for you. One thing to add, I would say... If you, I mean, Ed has already covered fo- for, you know, if folks are into games like Wingspan. The other thing I would say is if you like puzzle games, but your ideal puzzle is like you are trying to do your personal best and like achieve your highest score and trying to like zone out what other players are doing. I'm thinking of a game like Azul. Yes. This game is not that type of game. No, like you have to pay attention to what other people are doing in this game. Yeah, because sometimes you're going to be getting your food supply from attacking other players. Yeah. Other times, you know, if you have a power that interacts with the species to your right, the species to your right could be someone else's. So you need to make sure that by the time that power kicks in, that what you thought was to your right is still, in fact, the closest one on your right because it shifts all the time. And you got to make sure it still has food on it. Exactly. Because they're going to be trying to get as much of that food off there before you take it as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So with that in mind, are we ready to give our final scores out of 10? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I'm happy. Go first? Yeah, I'm happy to go first. I'm going to give Oceans an 8 out of 10. Very nice. I, I just, I love that central tension. I don't want to belabor that point anymore but that to me is the engine that drives this game and i thought about going up to an 8.5 and i probably would have if there was a little bit more variety in the surface deck as we talked about but still a really fun game and like because you can combine the cards in different ways and then throw in a a card from the deep deck here and there there's enough variability here that the game's not going to get stale despite that caveat that we had yes cool well i agree completely i'm gonna go with an eight um as i mentioned to you earlier offline i think in the universe of nature themed games that i've played oceans fits very comfortable like very much like right in the middle so you know in my opinion it's no wingspan or cascadia those are you know top 10 kinds of games for me Mm -hmm. but i prefer this to something like parks that we played and reviewed a few weeks ago um or even you know a more competitive game like photosynthesis which we haven't talked about yet but we've both played a few times yeah um i think this for me is on par with earth which i believe i also gave an eight to in that it's a similar weight requires a similar amount of thinking Similar quality presentation. Um, although with the presentation, one thing I will say is that while the artwork on this is really nice and like the tray with the fish um, is really cool, some of the components could have been nicer. I'm thinking specifically the about the um, species boards. Yes. Yeah. They are like this very flimsy, like bookmark kind of material it's, it, it's it almost reminds me of the the type of paper that like like it's just cardstock. middle well that like 
teachers would use to like do the borders of their like yeah of their like post you know the poster boards in their classrooms yeah i know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah it's just it's standard like laminated yeah. cardstock yeah um not even like well laminated so one of the things i would worry about with this game is you know if those would get damaged over time and i think it would have been really nice especially given there's so many upgraded versions of this game that it would have been nice to have a version that were either like full on cardboard or like plastic with like little um slots in them to put the food in kind of like yeah. the scythe, maybe like even like the scythe boards or like the double layer that'd be cool um cardboard i will say though just to play devil's advocate here um it is possible that those are a metaphor for the game and just they wear and tear just like an evolving maritime species that's does. true and they do they do give you a lot of them which i guess yeah, would have you made get a lot it, they would have taken up a lot of space if they were thicker material yes um yeah other than that solid eight i enjoy this game um well and i mean yeah you mentioned that you know there are other nature games you enjoy more than this one i think i i'm a big fan of this one like i think this is probably top 15 for me that is high praise yeah yeah okay big fan well Thank you for diving in today. Yeah. And I will say, I think, you know, we didn't... Not, I mean, I think we lived up to our promise in this episode. Like we said, this game does not follow two of the three Ocean's Eleven rules hmm. about not hurting anybody. We definitely do that. not stealing from anyone who doesn't deserve do it. Do it all the time. But it is a game that you are going to play like you've got nothing to lose. And so... I think yeah, we, if you're playing it right, mentally you want to be in that space. Yeah. So it is a evolutionary heist game yep. in that sense. Great. Well, you know, I can always count on you to add some um, pop culture movie references that I never <laughs> would have imagined tying into some of these games. So thank you for that newest edition. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs>